that. But yeah, like you do get demoralized. Like, oh man, I thought I was going to make, you know, $100,000 on this flip and I lost 10K. Like, well, what's the deal with that? Um, so um, yeah, but no, I, I got back from that and, um, and uh, did a couple of flips and then did better and better and better. And then I, I you know, I kind of stabilized the boat um, after a while. And, and what I mean by that is mainly the rhythm, right? like the rhythm of life because I had a rhythm when I had the transportation company, got rid of that. And then my, my, just my overall activity changed. What a year 2020 was 2021 is here. And I hope you're hitting the ground running. I know we are here at dwelling. We've just got a deal on the contract. We're going to be closing on soon for those that have joined us on that deal. Um, you know what I'm talking about. If you are saying, what am I talking about? then you need to take your investing game to the next level in this year. So make sure you join the Dwelling Deal List, an exclusive deal list. Um, not only do you get access to our deals quickly, but you also get tips and tricks about you know how you can take your, your investing game to the next level this year. So if you are not on the Dwelling Deal List, click on the link in the show notes or just go to dwelling.com. Um, that's D-W-E-L-L-Y-N-N.com or just go to investwithola.com and just sign up, sign up, sign up, sign up. Thank you so much for joining us on The Dwelling Show. I'm your host, Ola Dantes. I've got a legend, Rafael Cortez with us. Hey, Rafael, how you doing? Hey, pretty good, man. How are you? Doing How are you fantastic. Doing? Yeah, no, thanks for I, having me. No, my absolute pleasure. I can't wait for us to jump in. You've got a ton going on. Um, first, just kind of tell our listeners who you are and what you've been doing and, and kind of how you got started, actually. Um, well, I'm a, I'm a real estate professional now, so I own a couple of businesses in real estate. I'm a broker as well. I'm in, in uh, the Phoenix market, uh, Maricopa County. Um, and I'm currently coaching, um, I'm the head coach for the wholesaling program at wholesaling Inc. And, uh, and yeah, but I have a couple of things, uh, going on. They all revolve around real estate and, uh, coaching consulting. I'm also um, an organizational psychologist and and that's where I kind of get to play with businesses and, and, um, you know, and people all in the same type of scenario. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean that, that's, that's me. I've been, uh, for the last, um, uh, 11 years, I've been, I've been really, um, I dove deep into, into real estate. I've done, you know, rehabs, fix and flips. Um, now we have a wholesaling company. We have, a, you know, we do uh, remodels and all that stuff through that same company as well. Um, you know, traditional stuff, anything under the sun that, you know, that hits real estate pretty much is it's, it's something that we've uh, worked with in the past. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. So let's dig into that a little bit. So kind of how did you get started? I mean, what were you doing before you got into real estate and why did you get into real estate? So the good, the good question, I, um, I used, I became a fireman when I was 19. So the, the very early age, I, I became a fireman and, and this is in Yuma, uh, a town that's, you know, a few hours away from here. But, um, I, I got out of that, um, the fire department life pretty much because I wanted to start a business. Right. So I got the, uh, the entrepreneur bug, um, in, in, you know, bit me very, very early on. And, uh, at uh, 23, I started looking at, uh, actually at 21, I started looking at, you know, setting up the business plan and kind of working with, you know, how to build a business and whatnot. So, uh, long story short from at the fire department, I, um, I kept seeing this, um, 
these uh, this this specific tra- type of transport and and it seemed like like it was overhead it, like it was overkill and it's non-emergency medical transportation so wheelchair and, spe- uh, and stretcher patient transport so they would take a um, an EMS unit which is an ambulance out of service to do a dialysis run or something that didn't require right EMS and and that to me I mean it's expensive it didn't make sense so I, I started looking into that stuff I spoke to um uh, to one of my captains over there as well. And he had, you know, similar ideas. He guided me a bit. Uh, I ended up leaving the fire department and then launching a business in that. So when I started, uh, it had nothing to do with real estate. Uh, it's totally transportation. The uh, the logistics were, I mean, were insane. It's, it's just, it's a type of business that um, as you want to create profits, you also create overhead. So, so it, it, it's hard to, to scale. Um, and, uh, and I started uh, playing around with it after, you know, several years, I, I figured like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I have this, uh, kind of figured out, uh, I'm gonna see what else I can do. And then I, I jumped into my first flip. I didn't know a thing about flipping remodeling or anything. I didn't cut the learning curve. I didn't, you know, I did it the, uh, the, um, the wrong way. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I, I lost, I lost a bit of cash on that first flip. Uh, the second one did a little better, but, uh, but I saw the potential in, in real estate while I still had that, um, the other business. Um, and you know, I decided to sell the business and, and go, go all in into, into just real estate and became, um, uh, just really, really fixed on, on the real estate side of things. So yeah, now I own a, a brokerage, um, here in town and then, uh, um, Pulse Capital, which is uh, the wholesale flipping business as well that we have. Oh, fa- just really fascinating. I like the fact that you got a business that was like totally unrelated to real estate. And then <laughs> when you found real estate, you, you got rid of that business. How did, you, how, did, how did you kind of come to that decision? Was it kind of the whole taxes thing with real estate or, or was just the fact that, you know, that business was kind of like you need to you know, increase your OPEXs to, to increase your income. I mean, how did you make that decision? Well, <clears throat> I, I've, um, I started, I started to, uh, I had this really great conversation early on uh, when I was starting that business uh, with, uh, with one of, uh, one of the guys that ended up being a mentor of mine for, for a while. Right. And he said, he told me whenever you build something, um, you know, think about you not being there and having that business run itself. And, and I, you know, it, it, uh, it resonated. So it sank in with me. And I started, uh, you know, the, the model was just not sustainable. I had, you know, if it was going to, if it was going to work a transportation company, at least of that nature in my, in my area, it was really hard to delegate. I couldn't, I, I could automate some of the stuff, but I would always have to hire. Uh, and then there was just stuff that, you know, it wasn't scalable, you know, to, to that level. And the profits really were not, you could do a lot more with with a lot less headaches in different industries. I just knew it. I mean, I knew there was a way to do it. I had to figure it out, and and that's when I started looking at different things. Uh, before I launched my uh, next successful business after that one, I mean, I did go through three or four different projects. Um, licensing. All right. So I launched a credit repair company and then I moved on. Then I, I launched a, a, um, a race a respite and home health agency uh, because of my medical background. I figured it was something that I could tap into, but I, you know, started looking at regulation and then overhead and then the same thing. And I was like, no, it's, it's by then I had a ton of employees and, 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 you know, along with that, you had a lot, you know, a ton of headaches and, and, and drama and the, and the, you know, it's just something that I wasn't, you know, I was ready to move on from like, there's gotta be a better way. And, and, um, and I went to, um, 
to a Robert Kiyosaki seminar. And, and yeah, the, the rich dad, poor dad, uh, book kind of opened it up, teed it up for me. I know it's done that for, for thousands of people, but, but it's, it's cliche almost at this point, but yeah, it did. That's how it happened. And it's just like, all right, this makes sense. I'm selling my business. I'm selling my company. And I did, I did, uh, shortly after that, I found a buyer for it. The guy came in, took over and, uh, but yeah, came in, took over and I was just sitting there with, you know, okay, what am I going to do? Like now, okay, now I really have to, you know, uh, dig my heels into this and make it happen. Right. Right. Um, right. Right. And then you, you dig your heels into it and, and then you made it happen. You did your first flip, but it didn't go, you know, as well. So how, you know, and then yeah. you did the second, like it didn't go. So how were you feeling at that time? You know, you, you sold your business. Now you're going to realize that you, you're really super invested. You did your first flip, didn't go as well as you planned. Second one, what made you, I mean, how did you keep going on? And how did that make the, you feel, I guess? Well, I, I had I had a couple of things that were playing into it. I think one of the things that kind of kept me sane was that I was going uh, through school at that same time, still working my second master's degree um, uh, in psychology. So, I mean, I was exposed to to the mindset aspect of things on, on a, like I had to because I had to write papers on that stuff. I had to almost do an auto analysis of myself every single day. Right. And as I was going through like through some of those challenges, I could, you know, go back to to that stage, you know, of, of studies. And, and it's like, all right, cool. I think that's where I'm at. And it just, you know, started to create that mental awareness. I think that's that's one big thing that that happened. And well, I was going through that, but yeah, like you do get demoralized. Like, oh man, I thought I was going to make, you know, a hundred thousand dollars on this flip and I lost 10 K like, well, what's the deal with that? Um, so, um, yeah, but no, I, I got back from that and, um, and, uh, did a couple of flips and then did better and better and better. And then I, I you know, I kind of stabilized the boat, um, after a while. And, and what I mean by that is mainly the rhythm, right? like the rhythm of life, because I had a rhythm when I had the transportation company, got rid of that. And then my, my, just my overall activity changed, uh, my routine, uh, routine changed, my schedule changed. So it, it was hard to kind of, you know, figure out how to put those pieces together. Uh, but little by little, I started doing it. And then I came across wholesaling and this was, a uh, 2012, I came across wholesaling and, uh, it, uh, it's, it, that's when I, I found out that you could sell your vested interest in a property and actually pretty much trade the, the, you know, the paperwork, you're selling the contract, not the property itself. And I wasn't really married to, uh, to doing flip uh, flips, meaning swinging the hammer, dealing with the contractors. And, and I mean, that would, that again was the, the people drama that I was trying to get away from initially from, you know, from the, <laughs> from the transportation company. Yes. But, um, but it made a lot of sense. I was like, all right, so if I source this this way and I build a spread and negotiate and, and do this, this and that, I can uh, sell that agreement and make a profit on that deal. Uh, yep. And then it, it just got you know better and better at it. And, um, and eventually I, I shifted or pivoted my whole, my whole plan from, um, from fix and flip to primarily wholesaling. So now it's, it's, uh, it's a core of what we do. So, uh, fix and flips, that sort of thing. We'll cherry pick some of the properties that, you know, come our way. We, if we feel like flipping it, if not, we'll just, you know, do an assignment or, or a double closing on the, on the contract. And um, so as you know, right, most people will kind of go to a real estate meetup or seminar, or whatever they want to jump into wholesaling. Right. But as, mm-hmm. as you and I know, you have to be a, an at scale wholesaler, right. You're going to be like, you know, spending X amount of marketing dollars, right. To really get those deals and really have a, a solid pipeline. 
So for folks that are listening to this and thinking, hey, you know, maybe I want to, you know, jump into real estate and, and do wholesaling. What was that? Like, how did you, how were you able to create a really good run in the beginning? Like when you were starting out? Because it seems like, you know, quite a lot of activities as well, right? So what, what, what did you do to kind of make you stand out? So, so first off was for me, it was understanding what it, what it was, right? It's not, uh, it's, it's a low entry, um, or I'm sorry, low barrier to entry. So, that, I mean, that's really what wholesaling is. That's why it's so appealing, right? You can literally start, you know, your wholesaling business tomorrow um, and, uh, and, you know, start looking for motivated sellers and, and that sort of thing. That's where the art comes in, right? It's the art of finding motivated sellers in those properties, um, taking it down and then assigning that contract for a profit or double closing that contract. And, um, and for me, it was understanding what it was. Uh, so understanding the machine and doing a, um, uh, a breakdown of, okay, this is, this is one section of the business. This is another section of the business, another section of business and growing into, into that whole, you know, into that whole space. But it's, um, it, it, I think, I think the biggest thing and the biggest misconception is that you can treat it like a, like a side hustle. Most people, you know what, I'll, I'll keep my nine to five and then I'll side hustle and wholesaling and then maybe do a year, you know, one deal a year or something like that. And then after a while, they just, you know, people get tired and there's a lot of attrition. So there's a lot of fallout of people that begin doing it uh, because of the lack of consistency in marketing and all that. Right. But you have to when you go into it, you have to take it seriously. You have to. Um, uh, not see it as a hustle, not as a side hustle. It, it's, I mean, it's really something that can change livelihood, right? Um, and and help you reach that level of, of wealth that you're looking for. I know it's done it for me in multiple different scales. And um, if I were to do anything all over again, uh, I would start uh, with with understanding and really dialing in the, the whole uh, wholesaling process. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the biggest thing is going to be consistency and not treating it like a, like a side project. It's, you have to go in it and treat it like a business. Uh, otherwise you can't, you know, automate, delegate or elevate. Yeah, wow. Wow. I love that. That That's really <laughs> interesting. Yeah. that <laughs> That's super interesting. I definitely want us to touch on, you know, your, your, your best wholesaling deal, right? This is always like, I'm always curious every time I, you know, interview a wholesaler, I'm always curious, what has been your best deal? It doesn't have to be you made the most money, but maybe you helped someone the most, but it's always nice to get the numbers too. Look, how much you bought it, how much you sold it, kind of the backstory to it. Just a little right, bit of right. So this is, this is a deal we, uh, we did a, a couple of, um, probably a year and a half ago. And, uh, and it came in through a, through a probate. So we had a probate um, uh, campaign going out. Probates are, they're just a little harder leads to get to. Um, and, and, you know, that's almost, sometimes it's where the juice is, right? But anyways, we had, a, my God, the, the follow-up on this deal was for, I think we followed up for just close to about 10 months. So we have, you know, follow-ups, we put them on a follow-up sequence, we the initial contact, and then um, can we get an appointment? No, but call me next week. No, but call me next week. So we did just follow-ups like that for around 10 months. Um the uh, finally settled on an appointment date, canceled on the appointment, canceled again on the appointment, multiple cancellations. And it was just, you know, it was a, it, it was a headache to get that seller to, to the door. But what happens is, is you're still top of mind. Um, had we dropped the follow-up or not really had a process for it, um, this deal would have, would have not happened. And uh, I mean, the, the numbers ended up being very healthy. I mean, we ended up doing, a, I think it was $78,000 spread on it by the time it was all said and done. And that's, that's the, uh, the assignment fee, not a flip, not a, you know, it's just, that's what we got the, 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 the spread on the contract for. Um, 
so we we still had you know a good amount there was enough meat on the bone actually good meat on the bones for for the end buyer so the flipper came in bought it and they did i mean they did a top-notch renovation on it and, and wow you know yeah wow. they killed it on it as well yeah but it, it's uh for us it, it's the, like the key is always going to be in the follow-up and and you can have think about it that way right uh, when when i was growing up well even at the firehouse you were looking at 60 70k yearly uh, putting all those hours in, putting all, you know, your, yourself on the line. And, and it was just, you know, the nature of the beast. And and then this one deal comes along that, you know, you, you knock it out. Yeah. It took a while to get, you know, to the, to the actual appointment, but once we were in the appointment, uh, I mean, you're, you're talking a matter of three weeks uh, and then boom, you have, uh, you know, a paycheck, but that's the, um, there's so many different ways in real estate to to make things happen, right? right. And and I'm biased towards uh, towards wholesaling because it's what I understand. I understand uh, people. I understand negotiation. I understand you know how to structure deals, how to get creative on stuff, um, and uh, you know seller financing and all that stuff that you know plays into it. But there's so many different ways. I mean, for example, you 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 have a, a great great business uh, as well in, in multifamily that's that's you know it's thriving. So I, I think yeah. the yeah, the um, the uh, moral of the story there is is to understand that there's you know there's gonna be fits to uh, to uh, you know to you as a person and the type of business that you want to run. No, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. If there's somebody listening and thinking like, hey, I, tomorrow I want to go start my wholesaling business, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know there's like there's like direct mail, there's like you know SEOs, like. What, yeah, would, yeah, what yeah. would be that number one strategy <laughs> you would give to that person? Like kind of like the golden ticket, right? To, to get started and, and actually stay winning. So, so the, uh, the golden ticket, right? Everybody wants that, you know, the secret sauce, the, uh, the, uh, what, what is the one button that I got to push? Exactly. And, and right. Just the, one, yeah. the easy part, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which one is that one button that I just got to push and that's all I got to worry about. Um, it, it doesn't exist. There's a, <laughs> there's a, there's, I mean, you for anything that you do, you have a, you have to wrap your mindset around tenacity um, and, and grit. It's it's you know I always talk about that. You know, if you're starting to, uh, it's going to take either financial um, investment or elbow grease, one of the two, right? Either in time or money, you're going to have to put one of you know one of one of the two in. But if you were gonna if you were gonna start a um, a wholesaling business and go out and try to find sellers and, and do your thing tomorrow, for example. Um, the first thing that I, that I, well, actually during week one, when I, when I'm coaching my students, it's uh, we start building a power team. So you start looking for a power team and yeah, networking is one thing. Networking is one thing. I mean, you have your network, your, you go to your ASRI events and investor associations and all that stuff, but you pick a select few of the people that you come across and then you build this power team and the main power team for somebody who's wholesaling is going to be your uh, real estate um, attorney. That's one, your title house or your closing attorney as well. Uh, your lender, you want to have hard money lenders in that power team and then agents, real realtors in your area. So you have four people that you definitely want to have in that power team. Now, um, the reason I bring that up is because if you go straight to your title company, um, and you know, the, the people that you're working within that, you know, that power team that I mean, they're going to, they're part of your team, right? They're, you don't have to pay for them. They're professionals in their field, but you're tapping into their expertise. You're tapping into their resources and they want to see you successful, especially title companies. Uh, why? Because they want your business. Whenever you have a closing, they want you to bring the closing over to them. So go to your title company and ask them 
about the uh, you know the resources that they have available. They're gonna have seller lists. They're gonna have absentee owner lists. They are, they're gonna have code violation lists. Um, they're gonna have, well, maybe code violations are a little tougher, but they're gonna have uh, 60 day late lists, for example, pre-foreclosure lists. Um, and I mean, there's so many things that you can do with that once you have that information, but that's the fastest way to get uh, a, to free info and you can get to work. So if you don't have a, a cent um, in your pocket, you can still go to a title company and tell them that you're, you're dropping marketing campaigns, you're a real estate investor, and you're going to be wholesaling, you want to bring them your deals and ask them to give you lists of, uh, of sellers. So, you know, homeowners, right? So you're talking absentee owners, um, pre-foreclosures, uh, and 60 day late. Those are the top three lists that we get from uh, title companies but they're going to give you that stuff. When you have that stuff, you can go door knock, you can cold call them, you can do, you know, whatever you need to um, make sure that you're compliant in your area and all that. But, uh, but yeah, it's the fastest way to start having conversations with sellers. Then you sit down with the seller, you figure out what the real problem is. It's not always about the money. Uh, you find the problem, bring a solution for that seller, get the, uh, the contract uh, signed, and then you assign, you sell your vested interest. Um, on that contract. But yeah, it's definitely setting up the foundation first with your power team, getting the resources to get you going and then building up on those. Wow. Thank you so much for that, for that secret sauce. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think uh, our listeners are going to love that. You've also mentioned a lot about your coaching, right? You know, there's, I mean, I'm a big fan of, of having a mentor. So just tell us a little bit more about that, right? Wholesaling um, is such a big topic and there's different strategies. So I, I can imagine like, you know, kind of having someone to just ca- kind of guide you down that, that right of, um, of, of success pretty much. So just tell us a little bit more about that course. Yeah. Well, first off coaching in general, it's going to be cutting the learning curve, right? It's, um, it's borrowing experience from, from somebody and it doesn't matter what in- industry you're in. You can get coaching, you can consulting, but the point is that you're, you're cutting the learning curve. Uh, I made a lot of mistakes when I, when I started marketing campaigns and I would drop a lot of money on marketing campaigns and I was just dropping it in the wrong spots, not doing it, not processing the leads the right way and, and you know, that sort of thing. So thinking that I was going to figure everything out by myself and, uh, and not really tap into the experience that other people already had, uh, just it was costing money, right? And, and that's, that's an investment. It's an investment on me at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, coaching. So what we have is um, um, I'm, I'm the main coach for Wholesaling Inc., which is the Rhino Tribe. And, uh, and we have a full program. I'm, I'm a systems guy. So the same way that I run my business is the same process that we have laid out. It's all linear. Um, you know, step one, step two, step three, step four, full of instructions uh, on what to do exactly when to do it and how to do it the right way and build it up like that. So um, yeah, but it's through wholesalinginc.com. If you guys want more information on that, it's, it's a, that's a website to go to wholesalinginc.com. And, um, and yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like it really comes down to, to, the results that you want to get and you know how fast you want to get there right you can't figure everything out uh, like most of us i mean youtube university um you know we we start just tapping into everything that uh that can give you you know the the slightest uh, hint of information but what happens is that you end up with with a lot of information it's an overload so you have an overload and then you have the shiny object effect because now you know you know, there's a lot of stuff out there, but it can be confusing, right? You don't know how to put it together, the order of things. Uh, and, and I mean, that's a whole different beast. Yeah, no, but, totally, totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. 
and to kind of had to that there's somebody listening and thinking wow you know like this is really awesome they all they have to do is just go to that website and then they can, they can get in touch with you so mm-hmm. we're definitely definitely dwelling to the the quick rounds now these are going to be quick questions quick answers you ready sir let's do it all right first question what makes you rafael unique what is that differentiating factor that separates you from the next guy or the next girl uh, my psychology background i think uh, i'm an organizational psychologist and i bring that into into my businesses into the way that I do I do things um it it forces me to be huge on mindset and I think mindset is the core foundation of of you know any good entrepreneur out there yeah could could not agree more could not agree more second question what was the last book that you read and what was the one thing that you picked up from that book i just reread the alchemist um i love that book and uh, there's a passage um um on it it's uh, it's talking about a spoon the guys the guys in the desert um and he gets a spoon full of oil and it's given to him by a prince the prince tells him uh, tells him to go around and you know the the compound and come back but do not spill the oil inside that spoon right so santiago which is the main character walks around with the, the spoon full of oil and he's always looking at the spoon looking at the spoon looking at the spoon and then comes back doesn't spill a thing it's perfect uh, and then you know he he's he sees the task uh, the task is achieved right and then um the uh the prince tells him yeah but did you see my gardens did you see the golden statues did you see everything you know the whole beauty that was around the place when as you were walking through it like no because that wasn't the uh, like you know that's not what you told me yeah but you missed life um and and i think i mean that's that's uh that's huge especially as entrepreneurs when you you know we get caught up in the taskiness of things we get caught up in the uh in the uh in not having that counterbalance that brings us you know back to center and for me it was a good reminder because sometimes i, I you know i get i get i get <laughs> you know so far into it that uh that it it's it's harder for me to get back out and then yeah, just kind no, of totally. snap into life <laughs> yeah totally totally agree yeah great book great book yep um yeah final question you're busy you you've got your your students you've got your business you've got a ton going on what do you do for fun Oh, brother, everything. Uh I play guitar. I mean, I'm I'm curious. I'm curious at heart. Uh so I mean, hiking, guitar, outdoor activities, gym, I mean, you you name it. it it's it's all there. Um you know, spending a t- you know, time with the kids, I mean, those that's you know, the best times. So uh, I think for fun it really it's it's I'm open-minded. So it's it's uh exploring and trying new things. I mean, it's really what gets me on that space. Yeah, no, I <laughs> creative I, I space. Totally yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. If there's somebody listening thinking, "Wow, I really like this guy. Maybe I want to you know, <laughs> get on his course or I want to reach out maybe they're in the Phoenix market, I mean the Arizona market or anywhere mm-hmm. in the country, frankly. What's the best way people can get in touch with you directly and get connected with you? Uh to reach me directly, I'm pretty active on on Instagram. So my handle is rafael.ceopulse. That's C E O P U L S E. Um so yeah, shoot me a DM there. Um and then uh the Hosling Inc website, so hosling.com. That's where you can find uh, find out more about the uh, the coaching. Rafael, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. Um lent a ton myself. Um really really appreciate you. Thank you. Good deal, brother. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Cut. Yeah, that was good. That was really good. Yeah, thank you. Easy peasy lemon squeezer, right? I know. Tom Cruise. Well, well, one time as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, this yep. is going to be coming up pretty soon too actually probably next week actually. So Oh nice. Yeah, tag me on it. I uh, I already sent mine to uh to the editor. Okay. Um they're going to be working on it. I think we're going to drop it on Thursday. 
Okay. At, at around 4 p.m. Mountain Standard. So yeah, okay. but I'll make sure they you know they tag you on it and and um, and do the works. You yeah. Share it and I'll share you know yours and we'll collaborate, bro. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Likewise, likewise. Anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll talk soon. Appreciate it. All right, sounds good, man. Right, thank you care. so much. Same no, touch. Thank you. All right. All right. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye. You may have heard the phrase, there are a thousand ways to make a thousand dollars in real estate. Well, now you can actually tune into the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast with over a thousand, believe it, or a thousand podcasts and still going. The best real estate investing advice ever show is hosted by a very good friend of mine, Joe Fellers. Joe talks to influential thought leaders. We share the best advice ever with none of the fluff. You've got to check this stuff out. So listen and subscribe at bestevershow.com. That's bestevershow.com.